Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, brought to you by Sober Network. I am your host, Jamie Brickhouse, and today we have Carrie Wessling to be our sober celebrity guest today. <laughs> Carrie is uh, here from Costa Rica Recovery, and I can see her Costa Rican background, and I'm so jealous. Um, and uh, thank you for joining us today on Sober. Yes, yes. thank you for having me. It's an honor. You're welcome. So you're at um, uh, Costa Rica Recovery. What is your what do you do there? What's your position and how long have you been with the company? Yes, I started with the company the beginning of this year. My position right now is in the research and development um, avenue category, along with a little bit of marketing. Mm -hmm. We had a big transition in the beginning of this year. And since then, we have been expanding and adding more to our already unparalleled program in my opinion and <laughs> I've been to many of them uh, on my journey getting sober and yeah. so as I was invited to come on the team uh, by way of an old yoga friend from Minnesota who's also sober um, it and was you're an from absolute... Minnesota? I am yes born and raised Yes. Uh, and then did all the geographics, you know, like I tried Denver and I tried Brooklyn and New York City and I tried Chicago and Southern California. Uh, thankfully, Southern California was in my sober time. So that worked out well. The others, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and how long have you been sober? A little over four years and some change. Fabulous. Yeah. And um. You shared a, a, a lot about that in your bio. Um, what uh, was there any specific event that brought you to? Yes, 
you know, and it's odd that it, it wasn't my bottom, but that's often the uh, song and dance that we do. Uh, but what shifted so much of my journey was my baby brother, who's not so much a baby. Uh, he's a very large human, like <laughs> 6'5", 260, but he's one of my favorite humans um, ever. And he was getting married. And a few weeks before his wedding, I received a call that I was kicked off the island, <laughs> kicked out of the wedding party, more or yeah. less. Mm -hmm. Um, and I understand now at the time, my ego and pride were like, what do you mean? I'll show up and behave that day and I won't drink. And my track record clearly illustrated that was not my truth. So, um, you know, I couldn't be relied on. Yeah. If I was going to cause a ruckus during the wedding and, um, I took that really hard and somehow by some power greater than myself, it just shifted. Like, this is my brother. He will have children someday and I won't be a part of them or their lives if this continues. And so that was just kind of it for me. And thankfully I was in the wedding party. I was the last (laughs) one on the dance floor, not a drop of alcohol. I had so much fun and uh, that was it. That's great. Um, I love those moments of clarity, grace, uh, um, providence, whatever you want to call them. But yes. so when you had that, when um, when you had that moment and said, "This is my mm-hmm. brother, and I want to, and I and and I want to be there for him, and I want to be there for him at the wedding and beyond," what did you then do to um, to stay sober for for that wedding and beyond? So- yeah. So I you had, had been struggling uh, for a while, right? Mm-hmm, for about a decade. And yeah. and that disease was so alive in me. Um, as it is with all of us, you know, we yeah. don't come into sobriety on a winning streak. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. And we don't, and we don't come into sobriety. Like I used to joke when I was in rehab, then when they're like, well, you know, what brought you here? And I said, Oh, I drank too much at a friend's wedding. Right. So, <laughs> right. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I just have a few glasses of wine and have these really terrible headaches the next day. I should stop. Yeah. No, no, that was not my experience. Uh, so I really immersed myself in 12 step work. I got a new sponsor who just was so loving and so full of grace and was so gentle and bringing me through the steps in a way that I had not been brought through them at, at any point in the decade prior of trying to get sober. Um, she really introduced me to not having to do it alone. And mm-hmm. that was a paradigm shift for me. That was a game changer. And uh, and then I think the power of the win at the wedding, we'll call it a win. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just kind of catapulted me into a whole new vibration. If I'm going to get into hippie talk, like. Sure. The the whole vortex thing just shifted, and it uh, let alone my entire family was there, and it was it was a big it was a big win for me, and it carried me through. Wow, you know, yeah. and, and as we all know, or or I happen to believe that you can't uh, that to ultimately stay sober or to stay, uh, to remain sober, you have to do it for yourself ultimately. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Um, you you use whatever you can um, on this on the road there. And mm-hmm. um, which it sounds like you use that wedding and your brother um, 
as a as a goal to get sober. So as I was saying, we had a little a little uh, we lost connection there for a minute, but we are back. And uh, as I was saying, or we were talking about Carrie about that we ultimately have to get sober for ourselves, but but along the way we use whatever we can, you know, a wedding, a brother, a mother, a job, a lover. Um, and sometimes those those work and sometimes those don't. Um, and just curious. So your brother had said you can't come to the wedding. And then that was a, that was a, a white light moment for you. And then it, uh, it pushed you into sobriety. What was the time? How did you actually and you and went you went to the wedding and it was a win. But how did you convince them to let you be there? I demonstrated leading up to the wedding that I was doing the work that I, I mean, there were many conversations around it too. And and they had heard a thousand, I'm sorry, it's a thousand, this time will be different, but I believe like the medicine started and by medicine. I mean, the, you know, the promises and the 12 step program that it just started working with me. I was showing up differently. There was, uh, there were new, there was just sort of a new renewed faith. Uh, and I think that was a big part of it too. Um, so, so it sounds like you were able to demonstrate finally that yes, doing the work and you were sober. Yeah, yes, which is the best um, uh, example, and and as they say, living amends. Um, yes, God. yes, and to be honest, like there's a whole bunch of research <laughs> backtracking that <laughs> I haven't looked at yet in terms of timelines and. Uh-huh. And all of that and conversations, you know, someday I'll write a book, but it hasn't been yet. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Well, listen, we are going to take a quick um, commercial break. We will be back in about 30 seconds. The Sober Podcast is giving a voice to recovery and is now part of the Soberverse. Join our new virtual sober environment where you can connect with other people like yourself or find helpful resources on the following digital spaces. Soberverse.com, SoberNetwork.com, Sober.com, SoberSystems.com, SoberPodcast.com, SoberCoin.com, and RecoveryCoaches.com. And we are back with Carrie Wessling. Um, Carrie, you use a word um, we don't hear all that often when it pertains to sobriety in your bio, which is recovered as opposed to recovering. Do you consider yourself fully recovered? I do. Yes. And what I mean by that, if I'm going to break it down, is recovered from a hopeless state of mind. Yeah. Um, You know, I I was the type of alcoholic that just was not willing to do life without that readily available escape coping mechanism. And that was vodka or anything for that matter. I mean, let's be honest. I, I've drank leftover beer from beer pong parties like two <laughs> days later. I mean, oh, gross. I was, uh-huh. I know. I think one time I even came across one with like a chew in it. I, I think uh, I stopped at that point, but um, you go to any lengths to get, to get drunk, any, or not, right? Any lengths. Yes. I mean, if, if I run out at, at my house, I will, I was so sick that I would just like plot this manipulative move to go find it at the neighbors. And it was, it was wild. Mm. Yeah. 
Yep. I didn't want to be awake if the liquor stores weren't open. I would pop Benadryl to put myself back asleep until 8 a.m., 9 a.m. You know, I know the I knew the liquor stores that opened the earliest all throughout town. I had it, I had it down. And this keen awareness too of walking into a room and being like, there's a bottle, there's a bottle, there's a bottle, there's a bottle. Like I could sniff it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was trippy. Amazing. Yeah. So um, to reiterate, though, you, um, I like because I like what you said, and so I want that to to stick in everyone's um, ears out there. Is um, you consider yourself recovered from a hopeless state of mind? Yes, yes. So you mean you want a direct answer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I like, but I like the term because because that's Uh-oh. exactly. I mean, that's it at the at the very end is com- where where I was anyway at the end yes. of and drinking. Yeah. Was, complete help utter hopelessness yes and it still blows me away because what i was addicted to and dependent upon just no longer carries that charge um you know it i can walk through a grocery store anywhere for that matter and it's Mm -hmm. it's it could might as well be a flower vase uh (laughs) and and somehow i mean it it baffles me It, it very likely isn't meant to be understood by this brain, but it just went away. And uh, I feel very like beyond blessed for that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I, you know, I was, I was going, I was discussing with my, my analyst, I call him my therapist a couple of weeks ago, (laughs) about something that's not, you know, that I was really upset about that was not working out in my life. I was Mm -hmm. not getting the results that I wanted. And, and it was right. leading me to a bit of hopelessness, but not complete. And he said, and I've, I've 13 years sober. And he said, do you, what are you, are you thinking about? Do you want to drink over it? And I said, you know, I really don't. I said, it's not occurred to me at all. And I'm so grateful for that. And I said, you know, and I loved, I was a person who loved the taste of alcohol and I loved everything, all uh, everything about it. And I thought the the actual like to me the the physical um biological aspects of alcohol and taking a drink repulse me right now you know to, to, mm-hmm. to, to imagine taking a, a beef eater gin martini my drink of choice that, uh, and then I, I you know and I don't want I I don't want the feeling of being drunk that mm-hmm. does not appeal to me anymore and that's a huge gift so maybe I'm recovering. i think you are and and what sounds like it in the literature you know i think recovering is used twice in terms of the newcomer and then 25 28 recovered and uh recover we do recover i mean double digits and then some um because it's possible it really is fabulous tell us um about the most difficult struggle you've been through (laughs) In sobriety. Oh, in sobriety. In sobriety. And how you got through it and what what brought you through it. Yes. Well, you know, I I hear the term that a second bottom is is a thing. Mm -hmm. And it was fairly recently that I surrendered and admitted that that's where I was. Uh, It was highly emotional and there were just these intrusive thoughts of almost a recognition of these aren't my thoughts. And it was after moving to Costa Rica, I moved here in April 
And I can look back now with, with a little log- logic, excuse me, and compassion to see that it was like a density dropping. You know, there were all these old beliefs that I was, I was shedding and, um, the, I mean, to, to get it said, I was a level of depressed that I have never been. Yeah. Um, those mornings where you just wake up and you just like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do today. Mm -hmm. And there was a day where I saw a can of Heineken and it had a, it had a slight charge to it. And that's when I thought like, Oh shit, I gotta do something. Uh Um, but back to that depressive state like it was just so confusing with me like it was I would reflect back on getting sober and think to myself this feels more challenging like the coping mechanisms the tools the means of you know prayer and meditation and and working with others um not to mention like I'm now living my dream I had this vision 13 years ago that I would Mm -hmm. be part of a healing center so like on a cellular level, this resonates with me, but I, I guess I just had some stuff that needed to be shed and it was dark and it was scary and somehow I moved through it. <laughs> but how did you move through it? Do you think through, through the, I started getting honest about where I was at instead mm-hmm. of that silly old, you know, behavior of. I'm just going to, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to pray and meditate and the answers will come to me. Mm-hmm. And then finally I reached a breaking point where I was like, I need to, I need to talk about this. And so I'm very lucky to have beautiful friends and a program and a community to go to for that, where there's no judgment. It's just love. And I'm a double Pisces Taurus. So love heals me. <laughs> <laughs> So while talking about it got you through, you know, that's, that's, that's something I have to still um, keep uh, to, to work on is that when something is, is bothering me um, uh, to talk about it, um, yes. you know, you know um, whether it's, as I was mentioning before, my, my analyst or, um, you know, a, a sober uh, friend or sponsor or, but I still struggle with that. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to share this because I'm embarrassed that I feel this way or that this is happening to me or that this isn't going my yes. way, you know? So there's a bit of shame there as well, there as well as I'm going to grin and bear it and get through this myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps, kid. Like get on mm-hmm. with it already. Right. With and the I, self and I pity. Reminding myself that didn't work. Um, you know, <laughs> when I would when I was trying to stop drinking and drugging. Um yeah. did not work. No. Right. No. Um is doesn't. is um uh you're you're into yoga, right? Um you I am. Work. and is that yes. um how does that work in your in your program or of re- of recovery or being recovered or not? Or I'm just yeah, so it started with that was the one thing that I always returned to. Um, even when I was, you know, in the darkest of the dark in my drinking days, mm-hmm. I always knew to hit my mat to go back to class um, and just show up. And so in a lot of ways, it, it's taught me to show up. And then the deeper layers of it are uh, teaching me like stillness and silence. I think there's a lot of uh, teaching in that. Mm. And Mm-hmm. And, you know, on a, on a chemical, biological, biological, physiological level, 
just moved the energy, um, you know, released a lot of stuck trauma and stuck energy. I was very lucky to have some really phenomenal teachers in my path. And it's been profound for me. Breathwork. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, listen, I have loved, loved talking to you and I, and I want to come see you, um, in Costa Rica. Do uh, it please. Yes. All right. And how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to reach out and, and the, and the wellness center there? Yes. So the wellness center, our website is Costa Rica recovery.net. Mm-hmm. And you are more than welcome to always reach out to me directly. The best route is probably through Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my uh, handle there is at Carrie Joy with two O's. So C-A-R-R-I-E-J-O-O-Y. Shoot me a message. Always here. I care. Fabulous. I will. Mm-hmm. And, and you should too, listeners. So thank you, Carrie, for joining us today. Um, I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse. You can find me um, on TikTok, where I tell a true story every day wearing high heels at Jamie underscore Brickhouse. Um, And I'm the author of Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex, and my mother. You can get it on Amazon as an ebook or an audiobook read by me. And you can find out um, what's going on with me on my website, jamiebrickhouse.com. Carrie, again, it's been a true pleasure having you on as a guest. I'm signing off from the Sober Public Podcast. Jamie Brickhouse, uh, come back next week and the week after that and the week after that, um, where we'll have more fabulous guests like Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network. Sober Network.